Oh my God, the level of people's hygiene throughout this whole thing, Kev. I mean, seriously. Like people are going to me, they're people, the people are going, oh, oh, you know, the, the one good thing about this is I learned how to wash my hands properly. And I'm staring at them going, what do you mean learned how to wash your hands properly? Like, like you literally learned that in preschool. Like, oh, but, but it does, people didn't know these things. What the hell? Welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Kev. If I'm sounding uh, a lot happier and a lot less stressed, uh, just coming back from a, a week's worth of holidays up the coast, the weather was beautiful. Uh, it was nice and hot and sunny and uh, managed, to, uh, managed to grab some fantastic sunrise photos. There was copious amounts of great food. Uh, there was lots of beach uh, yeah, it was it was amazing. It was uh, it was long overdue and and just what I needed. Also, just as exciting for me, I guess, is uh, I um, I finally replaced the uh, the BMW. So just before Christmas, I sold my S one thousand double R, and uh, I managed to get my hands on a Aprilia RSV four RF. So this particular one, um, there were 500 of them made worldwide. Only 25 of them found their way to Australia. Um, and, and, and I've got one of them. So for initial writing, initial testing, initial reviews, it's, uh, it's an absolutely phenomenal, mind-blowing motorbike. Um, I'm sort of having to relearn um, the the power delivery or how it rides um below about 3000 like she she definitely does chug um it's a little bit more snatchy on the throttle at, at very low rpm um it just means that i uh it just means I, I can't be lazy the gearing is ridiculously wide um i i'm i'm not gonna i'm not gonna say how fast you can go in first gear but you can definitely lose your license just in first gear um so yeah, but other than that, um, I found that it's it's a much taller bike. It's a lot narrower bike. It feels a lot more maneuverable. Um, cornering wise, it's just it's it's a dream. It is absolutely phenomenal. So yeah, hoping to uh, hoping to put a lot more kilometers on it. And uh, yeah, um, I'll be um, I'll be hanging on to this one for a while. That's for sure. This week is part two of my conversation with Liz and Matt. Uh, as they uh, as they dropped in on their way up to Queensland for a holiday, uh, I believe they're still up there and and probably uh, probably coming close to uh, coming home, which is always a little bit uh, always a little bit heartbreaking. Next week is my conversation with my friend Maddie, um, and then after that is um, is my friend Haley, which is uh, a really interesting conversation. Haley is actually from the US and works. Uh, in an unnamed health department, and uh, has a lot to do with uh, has a lot to do with COVID. So that's super super interesting. This weekend, I'm doing a live recording with my mate Joel. Uh, we're going to be doing a deep dive into the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Uh, we're going to be comparing it to the uh, the Marvel Comic Universe. Uh, there's going to be some um, 
some drinking and some fooding and uh yeah this will also be the uh the first few episodes with a uh with a live studio audience so should be a should be a hell of a lot of fun as always if you have enjoyed the podcast up until now leave a rating if you have any questions or suggestions leave them in the comments below if you need a little bit of a pick-me-up journey made coffee is uh is my go-to choice for everything caffeine use the code mymate at checkout for 10% off your order. So go to www.journeymadecoffee.com.au and uh, help support a local business. So without further ado, this is part two of my conversation with my mate, Liz and Matt. Yeah, you, all the best, all the best opinions I've, I've found have, have some element of truth in them. Mm. Even if it's a little bit, you just gotta, you gotta have something to build it on. It's just how far you want to... <coughs> extrapolate it out you might look at it you know i, I saw a a news um release the other day from you know your typical um donald j trump you know we do things the best the best you know they told us that it was going to take five years seven years ten years to build a vaccine and we've done it in less than one this is amazing <laughs> you know they told us it couldn't be done and you can look at it and go what he just said there um has an element of truth mm. in it because it typically does take, you know, five to 10 years for them to develop a vaccine to an appropriate level where, mm. hey, this is going to be a, an effective thing. The only difference in this case, it's not a miracle that they made it. It's a case that all of these large companies that make vaccines have poured huge amounts of private and government money because they've been told, hey, we have a massive, massive problem. We've locked the world down. You need to sort something out for us as quickly as you can. And they've diverted yeah. a whole bunch of their R&D and their whole production lines to yeah. make this happen. Yeah. It's not a miracle. Let's just, they've shifted the focus well, they've of got, their they've business. Got a, they've got a pretty big motivation to shift the focus. <laughs> motivation to do it, you know. I, and so. I, I was going to ask you guys um, about the vaccine, actually. Are you guys going to get the vaccine? Are you pro-vaccine or? I'm pro-vaccine. I'm pro-vaccine. I just want somebody else to get jabbed first in case there's some, you know, like mutating I am legend no. shit going on there. Like, I've, you know. No. no, no, of course we'll get the vaccine. I mean, yeah. you know, like, again, we, we trust the science and that comes out. Um, we trust our, well, the majority of our, um, you know, media outlets and, and the information that we get. I think we're, we're quite lucky here in Australia sure. for that. So, yes, of course. I think it's about how things get questioned, you know, the, uh, you know, that misunderstanding people can have about things like vaccines and say, well, vaccines aren't always hundred percent effective. They never have been. They're not saying they are. Mm -hmm. They've never claimed that. It's really about saying what a vaccine's designed to do and what are they actually, yeah. you know, even just the, we've seen in our lifetime, the rise of the anti-vaxxers yeah. Um, yeah. based on, pure misinformation that was proliferated and sort of amplified by a couple of very, very outspoken people that got a lot of people on board because the one thing you need to do to get people on board is to see that, you know, to get them to see your point of views. If it, if it hits home for them, oh my God, my kid might get sick from this. And I go, you know, like eight years ago or seven years ago or so, I had to go and get tested for whooping cough and I was absolutely gobsmacked when I went into the doctor. I had this, this cough that, you know, I'd never had before. I don't usually get coughs. And 
I went to the, see the doctor and they're like, oh, we're sending you off for a test for whooping cough. And I was really taken aback and I asked the doctor, I'm like, why are you testing him for whooping cough? I said, we all get vaccinated for whooping cough. And he goes, oh, there's a whole, whole bunch of kids now that have whooping cough. In, this was in Orange about seven years ago. There was a, a, a round of it going through childcare centers and coming back to people's houses because there was a whole bunch of kids that were no longer vaccinated because their parents didn't believe in vaccination. Well, it was, it, that was that was one of the, those childhood diseases that was almost unheard of. Uh, we'd almost it was almost got, pretty much eradicated. Yeah, this yeah, country yeah, yeah, made yeah. a resurgence. It's a bit scary. Smallpox has come, you know, made its way back. Tuberculosis made its way back. We still see bits and pieces of, um, you know, measles, mumps, rubella, all these things that we were, we were vaccinated against as kids mm -hmm. because the generation before us or the generation before them used to lose hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people to it. That's it. And because we didn't live through it and we personally didn't see the effect of it, it's not, it didn't happen. Yep. You go, no, hang on a sec. Like I, st I look at the, the little scar on my, my dad's arm from when he had his smallpox vaccination as a kid. Yeah. And I see that whole generation have got them. And I'm looking at it going, that's an, I see that as a reminder to say how many people died from smallpox. We literally, we did a, we, we eradicated it for the better, for like for better understanding. And we're allowing things like that to come back because people think that the thing that they're going to put in their, you know, the vaccination is <coughs> going to do something nasty yeah, to them. And you go, oh my God. God. Look, I, I, I sympathize to a certain extent mm. with anti-vaxxers in that, you know, somewhere somewhere along the line, a, a kid's been vaccinated and gotten very sick and possibly died. I, I don't know if that's a, an actual thing, mm. but I'm sure somewhere some, some poor kid has had a bad reaction to the vaccination, not necessarily the vaccination itself, I believe it's the preservatives and the other crap that they put in it. Yeah, commonly. Yeah. And they've passed away, which is horrible. And I'm sure the parents were devastated and heartbroken and all that sort of stuff and had some very strong feelings about it. Mm -hmm. It's easy to sympathize. If you're a parent and you've yep. got a friend that's a parent and they've lost their kid, you're going to be heartbroken for them. That's and right. So on and so forth. And, you know, it gathers momentum and yeah, people but, get I mean, with it and stuff like that. It's, but. it's true. But the simple fact is... Um, that is a very, very rare thing. Absolutely. And you're more yeah. likely to have your child and your neighbor's child and all the kids at daycare die because you didn't get vaccinated for whooping cough. That's it. Mm. Like, and that, and that <coughs> is, that's, that's just, that's, that's numbers, that's facts. Yeah, um, absolutely. And uh, I think that's where, where they're going to go with this vaccination as well. They're not going to make it uh, a mandatory thing, actually, no. as in the government. Mm. However, you, they'll start finding, or people will start finding is that things like daycares and playgroups and all that sort of stuff, you know, you have to show proof of vaccination, yeah. just like all the other vaccinations. Yeah. One of the things that we're talking about, I believe last week was uh, when things, when it has rolled out and things like international travel start kicking off again um, in the you know distant future, in this case, mm -hmm. of this rate, um, it's going to be a requirement. Mm. Yeah, I think They'll so. look at things and go, well, I'm sorry, we won't let you travel without being vaccinated because, yeah. or we won't let you cross borders. Yep. Um, we won't let you do certain, I mean, it's, it's no different right now. I mean, I, I have to be vaccinated for the, for the seasonal flu to be allowed to go into a nursing home. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's a right. common thing. Cause it, I mean, the, the seasonal flu will knock off, you know, a whole bunch of the elderly every year. Typically right. they didn't, it didn't happen this year because Magically, people weren't traveling and they're washing their hands. <laughs> they're washing their hands. Oh my, oh my God, gosh. the level of people's hygiene throughout this whole thing, Kev. I mean, seriously. Like, yeah, people are going to me, they're people, people are going, oh, 
oh, you know, the, the one good thing about this is I learned how to wash my hands properly. And I'm staring <laughs> at them going, what do you mean learn how to wash your hands yeah. properly? Like, like you literally <laughs> learned that in preschool. Yeah. yeah. Like, oh, but, but it does. People didn't know these things. I mean, aside from, aside from um, yeah, everyone in the southeast of Australia suffering from uh, crazy hay fever this year because <laughs> of it, everything decided to grow. Um, <laughs> You know, no, there's very, very few, you know, coughs and flus and, you know, colds and things going around because everyone has got these, as soon as the inkling of a symptom, everyone's off to the doctor or staying at home and you go, well, you know, people had sick leave and all those sort of things for that very reason. You weren't supposed to be going to work yeah, with, that's right. <laughs> with that it. fever and, you know, infecting everyone at work. I suppose it begs the question, like everyone's, everyone, look, I'm not going to say everyone's hygiene's perfect because obviously it's not, but... Everyone's, everyone's level of hygiene has been raised. Everyone's, Definitely. Everyone's yeah. bathing in, in sanitizer and all that sort of stuff. <laughs> what do you reckon the chances of um, of some sort of super bug growing out of this super hygienic, super sanitized thing we've got it going at the moment? I wondered about that. I mean, you know, to build your immune system, you have to be exposed to things, you know, on a, on a minute level to, to help adapt and change. There's that change word again that we don't like. Um, but no, it is. It's, it's, it's made me wonder will we not be able to cope will our immune systems not be able to cope with things that come out in the future it's a very good question i'm not, Do, uh, yeah. I'm not sure it's, it's possible i think we've had it we've had a glimpse into that in our lifetime though kev because uh we were all children of the 80s the early 80s sure um we were essentially the first generation where bulk antibiotics were mm. commonly available mm. um, and cheaply you know? and well, yeah, yeah. And yeah. prescribed quite regularly. Um, most of us suffered. Oh no! Did you have ear infections as a kid? Oh god, yeah. You had them. I had them. Um, you know, we were commonly prescribed antibiotics for ear infections, and it's actually something that has knowingly affected our generation because we were exposed to so many antibiotics, which changes your gut biome. Mm. Every time you have them, now probably over over prescribed in they some were cases. Knowingly oh, over prescribed, yeah, yeah. rather than that. suffering a little bit and letting your body win the war. Yeah, on let that. your body fight it a little bit. Yeah. Um, and now we've we've seen we've got bugs now that are completely resistant to antibiotics. Mm. This is they, true. They don't get killed by them, and you know the rise of things like staph infection, golden staph in hospitals yeah. and things that are antibiotic resistant um, and affect a lot of people. Yeah. Um, it's we've seen already seen those sort of things so i wouldn't be surprised if something similar occurs because we are cutting ourselves in hand sanitizer and constantly <laughs> washing those sort of things i mean it's happened in um it'd be really interested to see like the research is always ongoing but how many like the rise of things like anaphylactic reactions in kids mm. um you know al allergies to things that we would normally not be allergic to Mm. Um, that's that's been on the increase. It has, but I don't know. See, I, I I've noticed that more and more that you know people are coming out with, oh, my kids are allergic to this and that. I don't, I, I genuinely don't know whether or not kids are actually allergic to it, or whether or not kids are being more and more sheltered from certain mm. things. Like we got into trouble because I sent Alex to play group uh, to preschool with a peanut butter sandwich. Mm. Mm. Now, I mean, I I understand the theory behind it. Mm -hmm. um, but in saying that, like, unless there's someone specifically there that has a proven peanut allergy. <laughs> yeah, look, there's yeah. A, I, think, I think there's a very big misconception out there between, oh, I have a slight reaction <coughs> to that and I'm allergic to it. 
Yeah. Um, I mean, I mean, if you've if you've got a diagnosed allergy, you'll know about it. You'll you'll have you know, epipen, sure. or whatever you need for that. Yeah. Um, not just it makes my kid a little bit sick. Yeah. Um, I I wonder whether or not the kid's reacting more to the shit that's in the shitty peanut butter rather than well actually it's 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 funny with that kind of stuff it's usually you don't usually have the reaction the first time you come into contact with it it's mm-hmm. usually um you know the second third <coughs> time that that happens um and with the the peanut um allergy thing specifically i can't um at the moment cite for you the um, particular research that's come out with that but um they're finding that it's it's happened a lot because we have not, or, or mothers, um, have not had those particular things in their diet. They have not oh, exposed their children to yeah, it okay. early enough on. Yeah, and yeah, they're yeah. finding low-dose exposure from a very early age is actually helping remedy that. It was not a miracle cure. Mm. Just fucking eat food. <laughs> and eat good food. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Sorry, swearing, but still, like, it's just... Um, just, you know, eat food. And if it's a, if it's a really big issue, your doctor will help you out with that, obviously. Yeah. Um, I mean, Matt touched on the, the antibiotics and the gut microbiome, and I find that kind of stuff fascinating. Sure. Um, I've done a few little short courses on it, no, by no means an expert, but it is amazing how our environment and our lifestyle um, has changed that and is causing most of these problems. <laughs> You're aware that... Um Things like anaphylactic reactions in kids to, you know, like uh, proteins in foods like eggs and nuts and shells and all those sort of things. Um, it's predominantly a Western world issue. No, I actually didn't, but it doesn't surprise me now you mention it. And one of uh, it, again, I there there is no definitive answer that I've heard of yet. They've been doing. I know they do a lot of research on it, but um, it's it's come out more and more. So we see more of it now and it's predominantly in the Western world because we manipulate our environment and our food Hmm. and and also how our soil, the things that we get exposed to. So kids are not meant to be ultra clean. Mm -hmm. They're not. They're, you know, they're supposed when to share kids their are growing ice cream up, with the dog. They're literally, <laughs> you know, the dog comes up and licks you. The, you know, you come in and you've got mucky hands from playing in the, you know, making mud pies in the backyard and you've been rolling around in the grass and you, you get exposed to your environment. You know, like I, I use myself as an example. I never, ever had hay fever, anything like that growing up. It didn't exist to me. Like I was... Aside from the all the random stuff I had as a kid, as you do, mm-hmm. um, there's two there's two events in my lifetime that I'll discuss. With, my mum discusses with this with me. Um, two events in my lifetime that changed my health significantly. One was that I had really bad gastroenteritis as a small child, and I was isolated in hospital. That affected my gastrointestinal tract as a kid. And how I react with mm-hmm. food. Now I don't have food allergies. And I never have, um, and I'm kept myself very lucky that I don't have them. Um, but how I react to certain foods um, is has been changed by that experience. Mm-hmm. And the other one was when I was in my late twenties. Mm-hmm. I had appendicitis, so acute appendicitis. My appendix nearly burst, but they caught it just in time. I ignored it for far too long, like your classic male does. Told you so. And Liz, That's told, a Liz was, story, yeah. I was on the other side Liz of the world. I was on the other side of the world and picked it. 
Meanwhile, I, I was chewing Panadol and ibuprofen <laughs> like mad, trying to make the pain go away. Um, but I had my appendix out, and following the surgery, they gave me IV antibiotics for the first time that I'd had antibiotics in quite a long time. And it took well over 12 months. It knocked you around. It knocked me hard. Like, and it wasn't the surgery. It was actually the antibiotics that followed that knocked me so hard. So, you know, you heal from the physical pain, but they knocked out my the um, the gut biome that I had well, going. Well, it essentially wipes the slate clean and kills everything, and then you've got to reestablish it. And, I mean, and you can. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just with, with a lot of research into gut microbiome, um, establishing it earlier on as a kid... Um, is very, very important. You get that from your immediate environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you have those building blocks there, your body can usually, you know, given the fact that you have a healthy, good diet for the majority of your life, sure. your body can reestablish that. Um, if you never have it there in the first place, or if you have mass doses of antibiotics, it will kill everything. Just killed it. It will kill everything. You've got to reestablish it. I got every single tummy bug, cough, cold, <laughs> you he name was it. boy. I was sick. I he felt was sick boy I was out of being my wild, version mate. of sick boy for twelve <laughs> we'll straight months. Bring in matzo ball soup in isolation in his room. I wasn't that bad. No, not quite. But I, I, I caught any. If you came near me with any sort of um, minor bug, I'd get it mm-hmm. for about twelve months. It took me well over twelve months to get my um, immune system back to the level it was prior to my to having my appendix out because of that massive dose of IV antibiotics they gave me for about you know a day or two. It was nuts. I mean, they were worried. They're obviously concerned. They don't want you to get infected after the surgery. Yeah. And I totally understand why they do it, but it was um, it was really telling. I was like, wow, like I never used to get sick. Now I get everything. What the heck is going on? And it took ages to, to build it all back up. But following on from that sort of stuff now, I've got a, you know, I just wham. Oh, by the way, now you get seasonal hay fever <laughs> that you never used to get. It like, is pretty bad. What the heck? And now, you know, and it, it's it's grown progressively worse over over the years. It's not it's not been getting better. It's been getting worse. Yeah. As a side note to what you're saying about the Western society and stuff like that, um, I think you'll find that most Asian societies um, and most Asian people that I know are actually lactose, lactose intolerant. intolerant. Yeah. 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 Holland society just just because dairy is in a, a massive. It's not a thing. Part of, in their diet. Yeah. So. I mean, there's interesting. There's been interesting studies into. Um, different cultures and different um, community groups. There was, there was one they did a few years back where they took um, a bunch of indigenous Australians and took them back to the area in which they, you know, they grew up. Um, you know, it's very subsistence yeah. living, you know, um, living off the land and um, what is available to them is all they have. Mm-hmm. Cause these people have been, had sort of come into the classic, you know, move into the suburbs um, go down to Woolies or the IGA and buy your groceries and all of, all of our food's manipulated to an extent to make it easier to package and produce, mass produce and things. We but all know that. the exposure to fast food, all of that Yeah, just well. you know, exposed to sugar, exposed to alcohol, exposed to these things that they wouldn't have available to them. And there was a, a massive increase um, in type 2 diabetes, cardiac issues, um, obesity, like all the stuff that comes with uh, a sedentary yeah. lifestyle with far too much crap in your food yeah they took them back to that <laughs> subsistence living where they would were from um you know in the northern part of australia living off the land all the health issues went away as they started to you know go back to the lifestyle that their body essentially was used to yeah it's the same you know, like liz has got a you know a bit of a polish background and can eat 
you know, deli meat or meats and cheeses and posky gorky pickles to the cows come home. <laughs> mm. Whereas yum, if, yum. You, know, you might find somebody, um, <laughs> you know, you might look at that and go, oh my God, that's going to make me so sick. It like we all have, we all grew up eating different things. Sounds amazing, bro. Yeah, it does look, amazing. No, I, I, I eat anything. <laughs> I love food. What's the, what's that canned um, fermented fish? It smells really oh, good. Um, oh, is that, is like that, 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 that Polish? No, that's like pickled herrings. Scandinavian or something Oh, yeah, like no, that's, that's, that's that horrible one. You know the one I'm talking about, Scandinavian right? and the canned, oh, that's disgusting. No, that is not Polish. I, I have a Dutch father <laughs> and he will eat pickled herrings. <laughs> yeah, pickled herrings are fine. With a big smile on his face and I think he's crazy. But. <laughs> oh, and lamb's fry. Your dad and I sit down to lamb's fry and pickled herrings and you hate that too. I think that's more of a generational thing, but because you, like, you, you talk to my dad and... When he was a kid, like he used to get tongue sandwiches and stuff yeah. like that. And, Ooh. Yeah. Hey, but we got fed Devon. That's pretty much the same, same thing. Same thing. I think Devon's worse, actually. Oh, <laughs> lips and assholes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. I still like Devon so much. I know. Devon and tomato sauce sandwich you, on you white You still bread. like it? Devon and mashed potato. Devon oh, wow. and mashed potato. Have you ever had that? No. So you, you have your pre-sliced Devon. It's like yeah. culinary delight. Put some mashed potato and just roll it up like a taco. And oh, just get eat it. out. Oh. Okay, I'll And then try have, it. have like a little bit of salt, uh, tomato sauce or something. Like I that must have skipped like, that day. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's so bad. I'll have a crack at it. <laughs> <laughs> just do it. I'll, I'll be at work. <laughs> <laughs> That's, um. yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? What you get used to. Or what you are, you know, what your family's used to. Yeah, absolutely. That's, right. that's it. You know, it's, I, I know there's plenty of cultures that would not tolerate a, I, I'm not sure if you could take someone um, out of Japan and then stick them in an Italian restaurant every night and, or, you know, or vice versa. It, it depends on the generation. Like you look yeah, at a lot of... I think so. Uh, t- take Japan, for for example. Like it is, it is very, very culturally different. However like the mainstream culture is, is very, very, very westernized. Yes. Mm. Yeah. So like all your fast food and stuff are, are still... Yeah. yeah. It depends on what's available to you. I mean, again, it, a generational <laughs> thing, I think we've been pretty lucky to um, grow up with so much choice. Mm. Mm. So much choice, readily available. Um, so that's probably a big difference. Well, we also eat things now that are completely out of season. Mm, whereas that, that was too. never never an option like for even us. our parents and stuff i mean my mum talks about that like you would you would have to wait all winter to get an orange or mm. tomatoes yeah. or something like that yeah, um, yeah. because the, the stores just didn't stock them that's right yeah, yeah. So, all, all the all the exotic fruits yeah. well, like strawberries yeah things. if you um yeah if you pay attention to the flavor of your food um and we're not being snobbish by saying this, but oh, if you but actually do season, pay attention, you can really tell when something is like very, very fresh versus yeah. hang on, this, bit, this yeah. has been in cold storage for a while. Oh, for mm. sure. I mean, look, we, once a once a month, the first Saturday of every month, we've got farmers markets here. Oh, nice. And it's um, it's absolutely phenomenal. And Long Island Farm, my favorite cafe, my local cafe, they use a lot of local produce. Mm. They majority of the stuff that they they produce out of their own farm. And yeah, <coughs> I can't. It's it's very very rare that I can uh, that I can eat um, store bought bacon now, mm. just because of how not bacony it tastes yeah. compared to like really really fresh stuff. Oh, when we lived in Orange, we used to get the bacon from Trunky Creek. Oh, and see there you go. Yeah, There's no, your right. reaction. You're like, it's, you, you have that sort of quality. Yeah. I mean, um, we're about to go up on our road trip to Iluka, mm-hmm. um, where my mum and partner live. 
And they have an organic farm up in Iluka, Michelow Farm. Big it's amazing. And we love having food there <laughs> because it's literally grown in the backyard and... But, but there's like this, the size the of the flavor's different. The flavor's different. And I mean, the size of some of the, the fruit and things like that um, is not, it's, it never particularly looks as big or polished or waxed or anything like that as the stuff in the store. Um, and you have to eat, you, you eat less of it and you still feel that satiety. Mm. Um, mm. Yeah, it's delicious. It's really, really yummy. So I, if you have that available to you, it's great. Yeah. I actually think we're pretty lucky in Australia to have. Um, availability stuff like that seeming we have such a very harsh arid country yeah. for the most part yep. so it's well then nice you go to, to North Queensland nice to we'll have to tell you this story because it was one of Liz's best moments oh god which one oh, this was, <laughs> so we, we were really lucky to um, go up to Port Douglas um, <laughs> November 2019 we went up for a week of um, getaway and Liz is laughing right now because she knows exactly what I'm about to say. But uh, if you've never been to North Queensland, tropical fruit grows like mangoes. Mm. People love mangoes. I love they it. fall off the tree in North Queensland. They're everywhere. You know? I had never seen this. And Liz's mind was blown by what got termed street mangoes. But it was just and everywhere. They were everywhere. We were walking down one of the streets in Port Douglas and there was this perfect mango that had literally just fallen from the tree. Just, like, like it was like it a sign from, from the gods. The I saw it, it just came down. And Liz picked it up off the ground and was like, oh, wow, this is amazing, you know, this, and just peeled it and started eating it. And we'll still tell you now that it was the best mango that she's ever had in her life and <laughs> was so blown away that it had fallen. Because the street mango was lying in the street and there was yeah. this perfect mango lying in the street. I believe I squealed and went, ooh, street mango. <laughs> And you look at that and go, but that's that's how we're supposed to eat food, not, you know, like the stuff that's available to you in the area that you you live. And I mean, it's amazing what we can get now. Like you can pretty yeah. much get anything from anywhere. But at it is any always time. better when you get it from the source. But it's a yeah, it's, it's another thing when you get to, you know, the climb a tree or just pluck it. And you know, I remember my auntie and uncle had a mango, a couple of big mango trees at their farm, and. Mm. We'd be cruising out in the, stick you up in the bucket of the tractor and you'd fill the bucket of the tractor with mangoes. There's more mangoes than you, you knew what to oh, do they with. ended up getting fed to the animals. Yeah, just give them to the cows. Yeah. <laughs> the, um, there's, we, um, obviously being in, um, in rural New South Wales, regional, I don't know what you call it. Anyway. Anything <laughs> other than um, Newcastle, Sydney, Wollongong is considered regional New yeah. South Wales. Um, <laughs> So a, a, a little while ago, um, a mate of mine said that he's got a couple of lambs he's going to slaughter before winter. It must have been sort of last year, just before winter. And mm-hmm. um, we said, oh, yeah, we'll, we'll take one. And it cost us 100 and something bucks, but he slaughtered the whole lamb for us. It's pretty good value. Which it, it ridiculously is because we're so used to going to the shops and paying $20 something a kilo for lamb whatever. Mm. And he dropped it off. And it was a lot. We didn't realize how much it was going to be. We actually, mm-hmm. we had to go out and, that day. We had to go out and buy a, a separate freezer <laughs> because there was so much meat, and the flavor from it was absolutely mind blowing. Yeah, mm. yep. absolutely mind blowing. Yeah, I got that experience as a kid. With uh, I was having a, some bacon and eggs, getting my auntie and uncle's farm, different farm actually, um, and I was like, wow, this is. Like real, I mean, remember mentioning it to my auntie going, this is really tasty. The eggs were delicious. You know, those mm. really, really rich golden yeah, yolks. Yeah, yeah, the, mm. the bacon yeah. was just, oh, wow. 
Um, and she just smiled at me and she goes, well, it should taste good. You fed it. <laughs> and I was so like, I had, like, what? <laughs> the, you know, the month or so or two months or so that I'd been there earlier, we'd been feeding those same animals and I did, you know, it was good. I got an appreciation for what that, what that's about and sure. why, but, um, yeah, they had a massive deep freezer. It'd always be, you know, half a beast and 12 meat chickens and a whole bunch of, whole bunch of, uh, pork in there. Because it was, uh, you know, it's a whole other thing when you've got to raise your own food. That's it. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you'll appreciate it. So we are officially halfway through January already, which is stupid to even say. It out is. Loud. How did we get there? Yeah. So what holds? Uh, what's what's the rest of twenty twenty one hold for you guys? Well, for the next four weeks, holidays. <laughs> <laughs> and that's as far ahead as I am thinking right now. Fair enough. No, no. Um, I suppose one of the biggest um, things that we're going to be looking at is um, being all adulting and possibly finding a residence in Canberra yeah, so Matt can get it out of his uh, basement property. frat house. <laughs> it's a good basement frat house, but... It's a frat house. I'm nearly 40. I don't need to live in a frat house. You know what? <laughs> it's, it's going to be so awesome, you guys living closer. Because yeah. Canberra's, Canberra's almost a day trip. Mm. It well, is a day trip. Yep. For us. For you, yes. But it's also yeah. good because, you know, I'll be, you know, we re when, if we relocate there full time, I'll be closer to my family as well. So that's nice. Mm. So that's, yeah, that we've been looking, looking at those options, purchasing another property. Mm-hmm. Um, we're in a fortunate position to be able to potentially do that. Mm. So, yeah. Um, so are you going to rent out your place in Jindy or are you going to keep it or? Oh, we'll definitely keep it. Definitely keep it, um, as in not sell, rent it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we relocate. But, cool. Um, yeah. But otherwise, I don't know. I suppose what else? Try not to catch COVID. Um. <laughs> <laughs> been successful so far. Yeah. yeah. Yep. We've been very, very lucky where we are. Of course, I think I think we're just lucky in Australia in general. Yeah. Um, but especially where we are. I mean, Jindabyne has gone. Well, our whole region has gone relatively untouched, and fairly unaffected. Yeah. Um, we've got a very yeah. lucky we're, we've got a very good local community we're very lucky it's very supportive um, you know that whole you know buy local support local um, that's not just when the chips are down in our town it's it's a way of life sure um, so it, it, there's been a lot of people where they've gone no COVID hasn't really changed that much for me so that's nice I think all the biz- like all of the businesses in town have been affected in some way yeah um, there's no getting around that but the the price that has been paid for that is one for everyone's health, and I think you know whilst the the bean counters may not be particularly happy about it, I mean a couple of the big employers in our region are obviously the um, you know several ski resorts which are feeders for the town in winter. The winter tourism was definitely down mm. last year. That being said, now that people are able to travel regionally, the summer tourism, which we missed out on last year because of the uh, situation with the fires, Mm. um, has come back in spades. Town is busy. Town has been quite busy with tourists um, and the the businesses have been fortunate. Well, you know, the businesses that can capture that market have been quite fortunate with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and, you know, I feel very happy for them that they're able to do that. Um, but yeah, I don't think anyone went, went away completely unaffected by it, but health wise, we've been, 
mm. we've been very lucky. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Um, we, were, you know, we were talking about this earlier today. A lot of it has to do with, again, that that social um, fabric that we have. That we will generally look out for each other um, and sort of try to do the right thing as long as it doesn't affect us too badly. Yep. And we're not going to jump up and down <coughs> in a soapbox about our rights all that much when you're talking about you know the health of everyone around you. But we're also quite spread out geographically. We're very, very spread out compared to a lot of places. We do. We have the luxury. Um, of, we have the luxury of space. The yeah. luxury of space. You know, we are. If you want to come and visit our town, much like here, you know, it's you're gonna to have to get in a car and drive for several hours to get anywhere. And when you get there, you're not gonna be in a whole bunch of close proximity to a whole bunch of people. Yeah. Um, and follow the rules because the locals are grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> We, um, I think it's just been dumb luck um, that we've just we 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 haven't had a reported case as well, and probably much like you, mm. the, the the locals are very grumpy as well. I just want to see people <laughs> do the right thing. Yeah, that's right. I mean, um, there was an example with our, you know, one of our local coffee shops. Um, they basically went from a dine-in service and turned it into all takeaway, um, which a lot of them did. Some of them reverted back to the dine-in option um, a lot quicker. In this particular one, and I remember, you know, the, the owners are, are good friends of ours, and asked them, "Hey, how did it go?" Because they opened up back to what they were trying to go back to some semblance of what was pre-COVID, and the day that they did it, they just got swamped with people that no longer followed any sort of rules, and they immediately went back to the, "Hey, you know what? We're going to kick you all out of the shop and go back to takeaway again," because people wouldn't follow it. Yeah. And people learn from that, and they're all they learned themselves now. And, you know, they've got a better way to manage it now. But he just looked at it and went, people, uh, they will follow it to a certain extent. Um, like last winter, as an example, they were, they were literally um, hurting people via a security guard into and out of the supermarket. I think we had the strictest woolies in Australia. It was <laughs> so annoying, was but a, good. You had to line up outside, socially distance in a queue to get in to buy groceries and it was literally one in, one out. And it was the easiest, you know, for the fact that you had to line up to get groceries, it was actually the easiest shopping experience we could have <laughs> in winter in a tourist town because when you got in there, it wasn't crowded. Yep. Whereas it normally it was a you know, hustle and bustle to try and get a loaf of bread or, yep. you know, you had to fight 16 people to get milk. Or um, bananas. Or bananas. Oh, my gosh. Or two-minute noodles, <laughs> God forbid, um, <coughs> if it's June. But... You know, that experience was very different. And people coming down from the cities and going, hang on a sec, but we're not even doing this in the cities. And it's like, uh, you're supposed to be doing this. Yeah. They're ma they are managing it because you're so used to not doing it that we need you to do it. That's it. And they were, they were harsh. I mean, I remember... Um, no loitering in no, the aisles, even talking to each other. I mean, you know Make what Make your weekend plans elsewhere. <laughs> you know what it's like in a small town. You will run into people oh, that yeah. you know every time yeah. you go to the grocery store. And Ginderbond's a classic for it. You cannot go and buy groceries without running into several people you know. It's almost impossible. Um, but if you stopped and were having a conversation <laughs> in one of the aisles, you would be found and you would be moved on Move by along. the security guard. So thank you, Jeffrey. <laughs> it was. It was funny. It was funny. We appreciate the work, the hard work that was done by so many. So <laughs> we're very fortunate for that. <laughs> is your hair all natural? Yeah. It is. I, I actually haven't started losing it, but it's going very grey very quickly. Is that a um, 
Is that a sign of having a three-year-old or that's, yeah. that's all it is? Yeah. I must say, Kev, like I've got, I've got a lot of respect for how you go about things because you've got a three-year-old. Um, you and your lovely wife both work shift work mm-hmm. and you manage a fire station. That's <laughs> Do you amazing. want any more stress in your life? <laughs> Look, it, it just so happens that, um, that everything... Um, I'm not going to say that everything perfectly fits together because it definitely doesn't. <laughs> but I'm just extremely lucky that that one allows me to do do the other. So my three year old is an amazing kid and is very very independent. So it means that I can sit here at the dining room table and do availability or you know do whatever I need to do remotely for the station. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I, I work seven days a fortnight. Um, that means that I've got seven days off as well. Um, that means I've got seven days to play with my kid um, and to manage a fire station as well. So I, I don't know. Look, it it um, it just means that yeah. Um, you just don't sleep. Well, it, look, it <laughs> just, just I'm just extremely lucky that um, that my lifestyle my lifestyle allows me to have a lifestyle. My my I don't know my something allows me to have the lifestyle that I want. Yep. And still have enough me time to record podcasts and sometimes go for bike rides. Yeah, but that's good. It's, it seems like you um, manage your time well and you don't squander the uh, time off that you're given. No, if, if, if anything, it's it's something that I've learned, maybe not through COVID, but just through life in general, that, that time is precious. Oh, time is ridiculously precious. And, and people's energy is very precious. I, I try not to waste people's time and energy. Yep. Um, and I don't allow people to waste my time and energy because yeah. I've got better things to be doing. It's true. Both things are amazing gifts. We should appreciate them more. Mm. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I, we've got a, got a little reminder, the lovely Facebook memories thing, you know, that you get, you can <laughs> oh, look, no. you can choose to look at on a daily basis if you want to. I, I like to see the variety that keeps <laughs> popping out and you go, oh, wow, on this day, um, I think today's one was a, uh, two years ago, 46 degrees in Broken Hill. That was, I will be forever etched in my memory. Um, but yeah, we had a um, one that popped up from a friend of a picture with uh, two of our friends and both of them aren't here anymore. And that was, you know, just these timely reminders, like you said, where you, where you choose to put your energy mm. is a big thing. Yeah, you know? choose, choose it wisely. Because, uh, you know, those were... Those were fantastic times, but these are also fantastic times because we're just putting our energy in different places. That's right. And yeah. we still enjoy it. Yeah. And I think if anything, um, you know, as, as you guys said before, COVID hasn't really affected me and, and the family and, and the town that much. However, I, I still feel that I've learned a lot of lessons from um, spending many, many hours on the phone to a lot of friends in Sydney very, very upset and very, very stressed. Yeah. And and one of those biggest lessons is to not take things for granted. Yeah. You absolutely. know, things that we were doing 12 months ago, maybe a little bit more than 12 months ago, we'll just go to say, for argument's sake, things we were doing 12 months ago mm. were illegal to do six months ago. Mm-hmm. Yeah, correct. So, you know, just simple stuff like, you know, visiting family members in hospital and stuff mm. like that. Like, we just, we just can't do that. Well, visiting family members in general. Yeah. You know, the, the recent changes that have occurred, um, you know, we were fairly lucky. We didn't, we don't have a lot of, a lot of family friends down in Victoria. We have a couple, but it just meant, Hey, we can't, I'm sorry, we can't visit you. Um, it affected our Christmas plans like many. Mm -hmm. 
um, but we just rolled with the roll with the you know the punches on that one um, as to where we could go and when, and it's only you know by happenstance that things have changed again. That you know half of my family lives in Queensland, yeah. and I haven't seen them for over a year. Yeah, um, you know I have a niece that's three years old mm-hmm. that is growing, or she's almost four. Yeah, growing so fast that. Every time I see her, I feel like she's a different person. Yeah. And you look at that, they're the things that, you know, if if you miss anything, it's it's those times that you miss more than anything else. And that those border restrictions and the the changes in life have um, meant that, hey, we just have to suck those ones up and, you know, um, send the pictures and send the messages. Yeah, I was going to say, I mean, it is is tough, but how lucky are we that we can, you know, have all of those amazing communications yeah yeah you can jump really, on really and easy i mean you can still keep in contact with them so that's still really, really still funny. very funny trying to have a um a video call with a <laughs> with a toddler you know it's a it's a whole other experience i don't know matilda's pretty good at her phone handling yeah, skills she's pretty good. It's, it's usually it's usually people at the other end of the spectrum like so suddenly have trying to have video conversations with you know 50 or 60 year olds oh my god that, my dad know, carries the phone around and all i see is up his nose <laughs> <laughs> it's like dad hold it away from your face he has to because he can't hear me oh. what button am i pressing can you guys hear me hello 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 <laughs> no it's not that bad no. sometimes it is oh come on this yeah. afternoon when i called my parents oh my god that was frustrating like i'm asking them one question like i asked them four times and they didn't hear me because they were chatting about some other shit i don't know but it's just I like know. i'm like mum mum stop answer my question well have you found that because because we can so freely converse now mm-hmm. um whether it be you know phone conversations, text messaging, instant messenger, video conferencing, etc. that people don't put the um, their concentration into the call anymore. I find, you know, you can really tell like, oh, hang on a sec, I'm just going to give you a video call in the middle of me bathing a kid or <laughs> hang on a sec, I'm cooking dinner or, you know, whatever it is that people do, like we're all guilty of it. I mean, I, I, I tend to do that anyway. I just don't video call people. Yeah. Mm. Just voice call. <laughs> just voice call. But, um, no, I know. Look, my, um, my mum and dad, when they're not using the Wi-Fi, they turn it off. And I don't mean... They turn dis- the Wi-Fi off? They, I don't mean disconnect from it. I mean they physically go and turn the Wi-Fi off when they're not using wow. it. Wow. <laughs> Are they trying to save I don't know. <laughs> yeah, is there reason for that? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, wow. I've never heard of that. Yeah. They turned the Wi-Fi off. Yeah, that was a new mm. one for me too. Because I went over to their house the other day and mm. I had to OneDrive something to them or they wanted to see some family photos. They talk at Christmas and stuff. And it's like, I don't have any 4G. Can you, you know, can you get me on your Wi-Fi? And they were like, oh, I need to go upstairs and turn it on. I was like, um... <laughs> Let me just dial up the modem. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you guys have it turned off? It's like, oh, well, we usually keep it turned off. Wow. <laughs> that is an odd one. That's, um, that's different. <laughs> yep. So, anyway. That, that being said, we just, you know, we unplugged all the stuff at our house when we left, except for the pretty much the fridge. <laughs> oh, we, we, we're going to do that too. So. Oh, no, that, that has to. I mean, we, we had an incident where we came. Um, this is came not, back from a holiday. This is in our rental property. Um, but, yeah, we, we'd been on a holiday to Japan for a week. And... Um, 
came back and there had been storms. Uh, and um, we had a we had one of the fancy schmancy surge protectors, and it had gone off. Thank God, yeah. But it had made it, it past um, it. Yeah, it had made it past it, and it it they, it was burnt. The surge it's, protector was, was scorch burnt. Marks scorch on marks the power on, board. The, on the power board, and yeah. So kind of hate to think it could have been worse if we hadn't have had that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, unplug your stuff if you're going away for a long time, people. Yeah, He's especially especially your um, but not your Wi-Fi, your fancy electronics. <laughs> unplug your computer. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I still unplug my computer in lightning storms. So yeah, it's funny because modern day PC desktops they don't like being unplugged from the power. No, no, they don't. But they also don't like being hit by lightning. No, either. this is true. This they is don't. True. They don't handle a couple of hundred thousand volts real well. No, no. RCDs no. are good, but they'll still get they still get through. So mm-hmm. yeah, it's um. Yeah, I don't want to chance that one. <laughs> Guys, any any closing thoughts? Any any closing quotes? I think I've just um, acknowledged the fact that I talk too much. <laughs> this was fun. It was fun. Yeah, thank you. It was fun. I mean, we, uh, just talking about random stuff, but hey, it was fun. That's all right. I, um, I, I can't believe you are worried about not being able to fill up a podcast. Oh, no, I think, well, it wasn't just that. I was just worried about... Sometimes my filter is not okay <laughs> and right. things come out of my mouth before I realise I'm saying it. And it's really sometimes not good. Or people just take it the wrong way. Yeah. I don't mean that, but That's it right. happens. That's their fault. We all know what you mean. <laughs> sometimes. But no, it was fun. Mm. Guys, I hope you have a safe trip up the um, up north. Thank you. I hope Thanks. you enjoy your holiday. It's um, very, very much, uh, much needed and uh, mm. very overdue. Again, you know, it's really not that far a drive from Jindabind here. I don't know why we don't do this more often. Oh, because it is a drive. It's not that bad. It's a bit of a drive. Four and a half hours. It's, it, it'll be closer when you're in camp. <laughs> it'll be a day trip. <laughs> it's perspective, Kev. I know. It's look, It's the Abercrombie. It's the Abercrombie that does it for me. Once I'm on the other side of the Abercrombie, I'm fine. But it's just the getting to the Abercrombie. Getting to the Abercrombie. Yeah, okay. It's actually quite a beautiful part of the world. It is, especially when you're on two wheels. I'll bet. Mm-hmm. Or, you miss or that, the, don't you? Uh, Let's <laughs> not even talk about it. Or the race car that's sitting out the front. Uh, look, you know what? We're, we're not even discussing Don't go there? there? No. We'll, cr- we'll cr- commiserate about lost toys another time. <laughs> Thanks hashtag, very much for... Kev fixed the race car. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks very much for uh, for talking with me on the podcast. Delighted. And Thank we'll, uh, I don't know, we'll do this again sometime. Thanks, Kev. Thanks. <laughs>